0: Hi, my name is Michelle Apples, and I'm the owner of Miss Apples Matchmaking, and I love what I do. I believe that the person you spend your life with will either be your greatest asset or your greatest liability. And my goal is to create an intentional and authentic experience while bringing the human element back into the dating scene. In this algorithmic world that we live in, we forget that people don't ever perfectly fit. We aren't a snap that goes away in 10 seconds. We aren't just someone you can swipe right or left on and you know everything about us we are blood and water and air and we are all flawed tune in every monday for a new episode of an apple a day where i will answer all of your questions i will share some amazing testimonies i will share some of my own humiliating dating stories and i will shed some wisdom from some great people that have really amazing relationships i also interview just real people on their own dating journey i really hope you enjoy the show Welcome back to another
1: episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Michelle Apples, and I have a very special guest today. I have with me, Toby. How are you doing, Toby?
2: I'm good, thank you. How you doing?
1: Good. So Toby, tell me a little bit about yourself. I feel like I don't even really know you that well yet. So I would love for the audience to get to know you and also so I can get to know you a little bit.
2: I, you can probably tell from the accent, not from the States. Uh, born in London, uh, born in East London specifically. Dad is from Nigeria. my from Barbados. And my stepfather was Irish and brother, and and then i have a younger twin brother and sister all very smart um so i'm really really proud of them That all doing really well um i like i said grew up in in east london and my i guess the early stages of my career was all law based so i studied law went to law school um and was practicing for a while and didn't kind of get to the level that i really wanted to i was just feeling kind of frustrated with work in general and i picked up photography as a hobby and then over time Um, I think Instagram kind of came out at that time as well. So I picked up um, this hobby, which then kind of became a little bit obsession. And then over time, it just, I guess, kind of morphed into my career in that um, I got headhunted for a couple of jobs, which eventually led to be me being headhunted to move to Chicago, which is how I ended up here. Um, So the chief creative officer of a uh, advertising agency had seen my work Instagram and he's like, do you want to move to Chicago? And weirdly enough, that's the second time I've been offered the chance to move to Chicago. The, The other time being 10 years earlier when I was kind of at the beginning of my legal career. And so it was just kind of like, all right, God, I hear you. You want me to be in Chicago? For whatever reason it is, I'm meant to be in Chicago. And so I kind of like went for the green card well, I went through the visa process, which was, you know, challenging as as I'm sure you can imagine, especially given the climate at the time. Like, you know, every every administration has their own views with regard to immigration, but I kind of was coming across at a time when he who shall not be named uh, was like not too big on immigration stuff. And so, yeah, you know, I, I went through the visa process and then went through the green card process. I've had my green card for just over a year now. But yeah, you know, enjoying Chicago. It has its really Good parts it has its not so great parts like any city it's a very pretty city i think it gets a bit of a bad rap yeah just kind of living life right now you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. And I'm just um just, I've been like kind of reassessing like what's been important to me, Like family um, has always been important to me. But during the last year, they were very much a source of support for me, given that for most part being single in a city that is not your hometown, you just don't have the same support network you typically would have. And so, you know, just being able to kind of speak to family and just really reconnect and work out what's important. That's, that's what 2020 was about. And yeah, here I am having the pleasure wow. of talking to you.
1: And so you're still single, but- Why do you think you're still single, Toby? Because obviously you're a good-looking guy. You have your life together. You live in a big city.
2: So... Um, you know, I, I think the thing about being still single is that, as I said, like 2020 was really about like making meaningful connections and stuff. And there, there were people who, are, you know, I'm talking to, you know, in the process of trying to find out who, um, who they are and who I am. And I think when you have had the challenges and opportunity to be in isolation for as long as I have, because last year I spent a lot of time in isolation. Um, there were periods when I was fortunate enough to travel to the UK, but that meant I had to quarantine for for large periods of time. So I think last year I had to legally quarantine for about the the equivalent of like, let's say two months because of travel. Yeah, near enough two months of like, when you jump on a plane, you sign something which says you're gonna stay in place for two weeks, right? And so I I traveled that many times. Um, So there was that, but then at the beginning of the pandemic, just trying to be responsible and, you know, people kept saying, oh, you're a healthy guy, you'd be fine. You know, just, you know, do whatever. And I was like, no, I wanna be responsible. I don't wanna, you know, potentially give it to someone else. Especially I've got like family members who are Ohio risk and so when you have the, the the time to isolate and really focus on what's important i got to the point where i was like okay cool if i've lasted this long um it's about being with the right person i i, I think you know a lot of time people will get together with someone because they're lonely and i don't think that in of itself is a good enough reason to be with someone i think you need to work out am i going to be good for this person is that person going to be good for me and um that's the level of honesty some people aren't prepared to to put themselves through. But when um, you find yourselves in these kind of tough situations, I think there's an element of character building um, that we can all kind of take from, right? It's like, rather than looking at it as like, oh, like, why is this happening to me? Um, I try to switch my perspectives. So perspective is something that I tried to, to look at all the time. And so the perspective shift is rather than saying, why is this happening to me? It's what is God trying to teach me at this particular moment. And so I think that period of time was for me to kind of like work out any, any issues I had with myself so that when the right person does appear, like I'm fully healed. Because I think we all uh, to some degree, especially with everything that happened last year, we all to some degree have some level of character flaws, for want of a better word, that we need to work on, right? Um, And if you didn't have any character flaws as a result of 2020, then you're (laughs) you're something (laughs) special. Like I think (laughs) there's going to be a massive boon, you know, in in like psychologists and therapists um, in like 2021. I'm sure it's going to be an area where we need more people. And so, yeah, I, I just really wanted to take the time to, even at the beginning of 2020, I said to myself, um, I I purposely put myself on a hiatus of dating. I was like, I have some issues which I need to heal. And then it was, as it was getting towards March, I was like, all right, cool, I think I'm good. Like, you know, I, you know I've i been like doing some like mental exercises, some physical exercise and I'm, you know, feeling good about myself, confidence back up and stuff. And then COVID happened and it was like, all right, cool. So, you know, things happen, right? Life is what happens in between your plans. So that's that's probably why I'm still single. Cause I'm like, if I waited this long, I want to wait for the right person. And I guess there's a part of it where I, I spoke, had a conversation with a number of friends who say, oh, I just want to get past the dating part. I just want to be in it with someone. And there's been times when I've really wanted that as well. But I realized that, the, that getting to know each other period is, is massively important, right? Because you could be sitting there with someone and just find out that they smack when they're, when they're chewing their food, right? They eat with their mouth open, kind of thing. You're like, have you always done this? You can't jump past that period. That, that yeah. due diligence and in investigation is absolutely necessary. And whilst it's not that always fun, and sometimes you meet someone you really, really like, and you want to kind of just jump to that hanging out all the time, phase, you got to do your due diligence, and so that's that's why currently I'm still single because I'm just I just want to just want to take time, get to know someone, and make sure that our energies kind of mesh. You know, I'm good for you, you're good for me, and you know there's potential. And then yeah, that's that's what it is.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I love that you said like you took the time to really work on yourself because I feel like not enough people do that, um, where they om- almost they get into a relationship expecting someone else to fulfill them, whereas like you need to be full on your own before going into a relationship. And you can't expect someone to like fill the voids that you have in your life or feel, you know, heal the things that you haven't, you know, healed from. You can't expect another Absolutely. person to be able to do that for you. I know you're a Christian. Tell me about your faith journey. Like what did what has yeah. that looked like?
2: So my faith journey is is an interesting one in that like I was kind of when you when you grow up in England, you have like Church of England, which is like, I believe, the king of England at the time. I'm probably butchering this history. So please no one quote me on this, but <laughs> The King of England um, took some issue with um, the level of influence that the, the Pope had, and so it kind of split off and kind of formed, formulated his own church. So it's like Anglican, and you know, similar to Catholic views, but there's, there are some key differences and stuff. So you know, the schools I went to, they had that in mind. I did. We we call it secondary school over in the states. It's called like high school. In secondary school, I went to a Catholic school, and my stepfather was Catholic, so. There's some influences there as well. And then I think by the time I hit college, um, that's probably the time when my parents kind of were letting me kind of do my own thing. So we had gone to church here and there. It wasn't like heavy, heavy, um, but always, you know, very, always uh, a belief, you know, in, in in Jesus and Christian principles and stuff. And and the, the belief that, you know, being a decent person to to everyone around you is, is what's, what's super key, right? And then I think it was when I got to university, um, I dated a girl who um, was very much about being born again Christian, and she was like, "Look, this is like this is what we, you know, I I think it's important for us and stuff." And so um, I I was interested, and so I, you know, I went into that, and it was around the time as well that. Um, do you remember the film Passion of the Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I watched that and I just felt like so compelled to just like, you know, devote more of my time um, to being, to living to to, to Christ-like. And so that relationship wasn't a, unfortunately, it wasn't a healthy relationship for for a number of reasons, which isn't isn't worth getting into here, but it wasn't, wasn't positive for a number of reasons. Positive in that um, I definitely had a better uh, relationship with Christ for for a large period of time, but then it had its other sides. Anyway, that relationship broke up. Um, for whatever reason. And then not the next girlfriend I was with, but the girlfriend afterwards also was very, very, very interested in Christ. Um, She uh, was interested in being born again as well. And so we went through that process again and around that time, like I got, you know, really invested in the church. I was a Sunday school teacher for a very brief stint of time, which, <laughs> um, was kind of wild for me. I um, love I just, that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Cause like, um, to a certain degree, I've, I wouldn't say I've always had imposter syndrome, but like I'm often found in places where I'm like, oh, like I've been put in a place of leadership and. Sometimes I understand it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is thank you. I guess I'm honored. And I guess, you know, being in charge because, you know, the children are so precious, right? So like being in Sunday school, all right? And then like, it was just like, wow, like, I, you know, I can't believe that, you know, they put me in this position of power. But yeah, you know, I took it very, very seriously and stuff. And then that relationship kind of ended. Then my relationship with Christianity kind of took a different path in that. Well, actually, one thing that's been consistent during my path of Christianity, and the thing that's always found really challenging is I have a very inquisitive mind. It's, it's, it's like part of the reason why um, people thought I'd be great at law because I was always asking questions. It's part of the reason why I'm as creative as I am. I always ask questions. My brain just kind I of I noticed that about you. I
1: so <laughs> noticed that about you. I was like, yeah. wow, this guy is so thorough and asks a lot of questions. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, I like to, I like to make informed decisions. And, you know, there's an element of calculated risk to like, like pretty much everything I do. So when it when it gets to Christianity, I think the thing with me personally, that I've always found a little bit challenging is conversations around like sex, right. And I think that's something that you know country to country culture to culture the conversation around sex has always been kind of like always oh, taboo don't talk about it right and it seems like in most places people don't really want to talk about it and i've never really had a problem with like i've never really had problems with like anger issues or with um like stealing or like gambling or anything like that that's been the main challenge that's kind of come up in life so when you go to speak to your pastor and like oh like class of like I'm feeling like you know this is a challenge for me but people culturally don't want to talk about it Mm -hmm. it then kind of puts people in this place where the one thing that you are challenged with is the one thing that it seemed that no one really wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of led me down this path of, I want to be in church and I want to be doing the right thing, but I have these, you know, these thoughts and feelings. And it's just like, all right, cool. Like, how do I deal with it? And so that kind of just left me kind of questioning, like, you know, how far can I really be integrated? Cause you know, sometimes in these, in these situations, it's like, how, how worthy am I? Right. Like, you know, is there something wrong with me? type of situation. And so yeah, as I, as I kind of got older and matured and stuff, and then um, I guess I started speaking to other people who, I guess I've met a number of people who had a similar kind of mindset to me in terms of like, they'd kind of been raised in a church, but then their their level of involvement had waned a bit because um, they weren't necessarily getting the answers, you know, for, mm. for, for whatever reason. And i think it's you know it's a little bit sad because i feel like these are kind of i don't want to over dramaticize it but it feels like they're kind of like um almost lost christians to a certain extent that does sound very way too dramatic but it's just like the level of interaction that they would probably otherwise get has been lost because there's a particular question which they can't really they, they probably don't feel comfortable discussing and you know there are more progressive churches and and you know younger churches and you know people being more accepting accepting and tolerant but yeah that was that's been the main thing for me um and then just as I got older and like sex not being as big a deal for me for whatever reason, it just made me kind of reconsider really like, you know, sometimes this is um we beat ourselves up if we're not doing what we think we're meant to be doing. And so yeah, that's that's been basically my journey with Christianity. I don't know if I've overshared there, but
1: no, I <laughs> love it. I love it because I think that so many people also struggle with it. So I love that you brought that up because I mm. think that it is like there is so many things the church just doesn't talk about, or you know, especially when it comes to singles and And the reason I feel like I'm called to do what I'm doing is because singles don't really have a place that they can ask questions, that they can have those discussions and to talk and to learn. And I think like in the church, they did like dating so weird and backwards that like so many people don't know how to date in the church or don't know how to be single because they were pressured their whole life that marriage was the end all be all. And if Mm -hmm. you weren't married or you weren't trying to get married, there was something wrong with you. And that's why there was always marriage courses and there was always pre-marriage courses but there was never anything for singles in the church and that's really why I feel called to do what I do is just have that space for people to you know meet uh, other like-minded single Christians and realize that like singleness is a gift you can learn so much and develop so much in your time of singleness and so yeah I think it's important to have those discussions and actually get answers and actually like have opinions and talk and i think that that's how god would have wanted us to come and ask questions they want to like give us wisdom and give us revelation but if we don't ever come and ask the questions how are they going mm-hmm. to be able to give us answers um so i love that you brought that up i was
2: gonna say yeah and no, i i think i think what you do is a very valuable service for christians i think you know like <laughs> there's this there's this um there's this meme of dave Chappelle where right? it's just like modern problems require modern solutions right and I, and I do think we live in a world where things have changed and I feel sometimes sometimes it's understandable, but sometimes it's not. I feel like sometimes with Christianity, it doesn't necessarily move to adapt with mm-hmm. the times and the challenges we're facing. And that leaves a, a gap. And then that, that's when you end up having, you know, Christians who gonna kind of get left behind. And I don't think that God wants that. I don't think that Christianity as a whole, I don't think Christianity as a whole wants that either. But I don't know if I don't know if it's doing enough. To to kind of deal with that, to deal with the challenges. And I think one of the interesting things about Christianity in like the last and I, I don't want to talk about Christianity as a monolith as if, as if it's like one mindset, right? But mm-hmm. but there are still like you no know, certain things which I think are valid observations about the uh, about the religion as a whole. You know, I think I think just recently with Christianity or certain aspects of people who claim to be Christian is probably what more I should say. You know, we've seen that, and this is true of all religions, but I I think with what happened just in the last administration in the States, right, and there being Christians talking about, like, issues of immigration and and, um, the way in which they've talked about people of color and stuff, it's been a really interesting, it's the first time when I've seen Christianity really come under the microscope in such a way, because usually I think, like, for a number of reasons, Christianity has got, has, has had a pass in a number of different areas, right, because most people, I guess, Yes, a lot of people, especially here in my society, kind of associate, it with, um, associate with it, right? But then you had the situation where he who shall not be named is kind of being touted by evangelical Christians as he's the guy. He's the guy that's going to lead us out of this kind of dark period. And you're like, this guy who's, you know, linked to porn stars, cheated on his wife. This is the guy who, like, he's, he's the guy who you're associating yourself with. And so it was kind of wild to me. And so, yeah, not to call out Christianity, more so, like, I care about Christianity, I care about Christians, I care about my my relationship with Christ. And I just feel like I would I would love to see more openness and honesty and transparency in terms of how we're dealing with some of these newer challenges. And some of that's on me. You know, I know I need to put myself in more of these kinds of situations to have these conversations with you know Christians who are more more progressive and stuff. And and maybe, you know, maybe like I was going to say hardcore Christians, but I say maybe more purist Christians feel that no, nothing's changed. This this is the way it's meant to be. Maybe, but um, I do think there's more discussion to be had. I think that in general communication is a key in any relationship, and, I, and and I feel there's a lack of communication right now.
1: Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. So going back to like dating, like what do you think your biggest struggle is when it comes to dating and relationships?
2: <laughs> um, my biggest struggle, man. How much time have you got, Michelle? Um, uh, as
1: much time as you want.
2: <laughs> my biggest challenge, I don't know if this is my biggest challenge. It's something I've been, you know, as I talked before, like I've been kind of working on myself, right? And, uh, you know, I'm speaking to a therapist about this and stuff. I think I. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that maybe maybe I have a tendency to overthink things and there's a there's a gift and a curse in that in the overthinking. And this is just me spitballing. I've never I've never even asked this question before, hence the stuttering and stammering, right? Um <laughs> so I feel like maybe I have a tendency to overthink things in that th- there's benefits and detriments to that as someone who thinks a lot about things there's going to be times when i'm very considerate like i'm very self-aware um like i will notice a change in my partner like oh hey what's the matter like you know i noticed you didn't um you know you're not acting in your usual way or um you don't see yourself. and like i'm very big on energy just the just the the sense you get from being around someone if you pay attention to them there's a there's a a, a real vibe that I feel you, you get off someone when you when you leave yourself open to that you can you can kind of sense when something off listening to people all of that kind of stuff right so that that is not an exact science is it's very much a, you know it is what it is I'm sorry let me in and that's my time thanks I'll I'll see you later um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um, he's getting in the
1: hard questions
2: Say say he's both yeah and I asked Gareth to call me um like, if it got too tough if it got caught in here so that's so yeah. funny
1: just like I he's your uh he's your call on a bad day yeah he's my call yeah for sure
2: for sure this is like um, a bad
1: day and you're like she's asking too hard of questions get me yeah out yeah get, here.
2: get me out get me out so so that can be that can be really good right but it's not an exact science so there's certain times when something doesn't happen in a way in which i would potentially like it to happen or i feel like i'm putting in a lot of effort and then i may receive some criticism and i'm open to criticism i really am i think no one's perfect and when you meet someone i think you need to learn you need to teach that person how to love you them expecting to know how to love you straight off the bat no one's a mind reader really. you're a completely different person from who they dated in the past and, and they're a completely different person from who you dated in the past so there's that's why that due diligence part I said before is so necessary right like oh my last boyfriend liked lemonade okay cool I'm not your last boyfriend it clearly did not work out for whatever reason yeah and so you know there's that's why you do need that initial period of kind of getting to know each other and learning about each other and I think that's it's it's a a good key fun part of things as well getting to know someone new but then I guess if I get feedback which I feel is unwarranted that part of my brain which asks questions a lot starts to kick in it's like oh all right cool I you know I take that feedback you didn't seem to have a problem with it when the shoe was on the other foot and that's a habit I have and it's something I'm trying to work on but there's a part of me that's just like why are you working on it when you don't believe that you should really work on it because mm. it's my thing about balance. I've always been obsessed with balance, right? And I fully appreciate not every relationship is going to be 50 50 at all points. I think that, you know, if you were to kind of have two columns, you're going to have this kind of wavy line um, between where um, on this particular skill, someone's going to be 20%, and this person's going to be 80%. On this particular skill, they're going to be 50%, it's going to be 50%, 30%, 70%. You're, you have different skill sets. If you meet someone who's exactly the same as you, that's super boring, then you know, you might as well date yourself. We're put on this earth you know man woman we're not islands right we're meant to kind of like connect and you know have, have this kind of interwoven aspects to relationships and yeah i think when i get to a point of like oh is this balanced that's when I'm probably, that's probably one of my biggest challenges, overthinking.
1: Mm, That's a good one. Okay. So I know we've already been going for like half an hour. How has it already been half an hour? But I have some questions from the audience. So I want to make sure we answer them before we close out. Okay. Okay. So question number one, if a woman is into you, what is the best way you would receive her telling you that? So say I was interested in you, Toby. How would I tell you that?
2: I don't think there's a best way. I know that's kind of sitting on the fence also. I just, think like genuine from the heart hey I think you're cool and then like oh thank you like and then just that kind of super sweet you know it doesn't need to be like I don't think I there's a whole kind of patriarchal thing where you know guys are like oh if the woman asks me then it takes away from it like no like look we, we, we're in 2021 like things can go either way just you know sometimes Ladies he's got to shoot their shot. Right. And someone went, oh no, I would never do that. Like, okay, cool. Well, you might, you might miss out on, on that guy. And that may be the lesson that God is trying to teach you, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes to step to, to get something new, you got to try something new. Sometimes you got to step outside your comfort zone, you know. So I think um, I think Will Smith kind of put it in a really good way. Like the greatest reward lies on the other side of your fear. And so you know, all these people saying I would never do this, that might be where the greatest reward lies. So yeah. best way, I don't think there's any real best way. I just think like if if a person's coming off genuine and sincere, like oh, like you know, like do you want to grab a coffee sometime, or you know, like I think you're cool. And if I could speak to any ladies who are like Toby's telling me to shoot my shot like what what are you talking about like you not get disheartened if it doesn't go the right way don't think that oh that didn't work out. So I'm never going to do that again. Just, you know, like guys have been doing it for years and like, no guys, a a lot of guys, I personally as well, I sometimes struggle with like, I've seen someone, some people I'm attracted to and the opportunity just does not seem there for me to kind of like make it, I, I hate making other people feel uncomfortable as well. So like there's been times when I've seen a really cute, like girl, like, and it's like, it's in public, and I'm just like, I do not feel like being shot down today <laughs> in front of everyone. I just not today. I just I just don't have it in me today. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wonder what could have been and how cute <laughs> our babies would have been and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, afterwards you kick yourself. Like and and that's the worst thing. You know, they say like there are some bunch of 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 old people and their deathbeds, what's the thing you regret most? And they mostly always say the thing that they regret most are the things that they didn't do rather than the things that they did do and failed at. And so yeah, ladies, shoot your shot. You know, it may not work out, but like yeah, just do it.
1: Yeah. Honestly, every time I've ever shot my shot, it's always went over really well. And like, it's not a matter of like, obviously I'm still single. It's not a matter of like, it all worked out long-term, but like in the moment, yeah. either either someone was like, wow, your confidence is amazing. I want to go out with you just because like, I love your energy that you put out there. Or it's like people yeah. that have been, ended up being like my friends afterwards or like oh whatever. So, um, or sure great conversation. You're,
2: you're a superstar. So like, it's, 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 it's going to be easier for you than it will be for some ladies, for sure.
1: OK, but, you know, it's still like, the you know, the, it gets easier the more you do it. I think. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent.
1: Yeah. OK, question number two. How do you handle long periods of being single?
2: That's that's a good question. Like this this past year has been has been quite trying at times and you know I'm not not afraid to admit like it's 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 been and I'm sure for everyone um for most people 2020 was you know even this ongoing period has been one of the most challenges if not the most challenging period of time i fully believe in working on myself and as i said before like you know i have been going to therapy and stuff and just there were times when i'm literally in a gym and it's me being very open and vulnerable here it's times when i'm in the gym and i'm doing my 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 exercises and my reps you know there's a large mirror and sometimes i have to literally tell myself as i'm doing each rep i'm a good person i'm a good person because there was times when i was just feeling that low and i know that at the end of the day i think for a lot of adults we've often reached the ages where we don't have um you know life circumstances will mean that we don't have people around us and to kind of boost us and I'm very key on the power of words. I think you know some people some often forget how powerful words um, can be, and especially when you're talking about yourself, we can be very, very self-deprecating and very, very hard on ourselves. And often, the harder you work as an individual, the, the the more you beat up on yourself, which is really sad that some of the most hardworking people are the hardest on themselves. I, I know that personally, and um, Gareth is similar as well. Like you know, really t- t- to put it in context, I know that with some of the accomplishments. That I have and the skills I have and the things I've done. If I had a friend who was doing those things and was doing those things with the challenges that I face, I would be clapping for them. And I would be cheering Mm -hmm. them on and be like, you are crushing it. But it's very difficult for me to say that about myself. And I had to kind of like look at myself and be like, why are you talking to yourself like that? It's very important that we realize, in my opinion, it's very important that we realize that sometimes we say these things, or we think these things, and some of you will be familiar with the book, As a Man Thinketh, and it's really the, the thoughts that you allow in your head, and it is really allowing them to, to have space in your head, and, and you know, not living, letting them live rent-free, um, they define us, so if you, if you some of the things we're saying, some of the things we're thinking, we can we can have discipline over those things for example, you know, I have a friend who says, sort of, I'm stupid, I'm so stupid, I'm so stupid. I'm like, no, you need to stop saying that. After mm-hmm. a while, you're going you're gonna to start believing it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think, and I'm not a scientist in any, by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think that our brains are divided into various sections. I do feel like we'll hear certain parts, and even though we're saying these things ourselves, we're receiving these things, right? So you're saying, I'm stupid. And so the brain is receiving these, these words, these messages from a voice which it trusts. It's heard your voice mm. so many ears right it doesn't differentiate from the fact that it's someone else saying it. it doesn't it doesn't differentiate that you're joking or that you're being satirical or that you know you're, you're just saying a flyaway comment you're saying these negative things about yourself and it's coming from a person who you love and trust why wouldn't you why wouldn't your brain accept those messages as it being key and mm. you know start to believe that it is stupid um and so I'm, I'm very key on the power of words and yeah just trying to If I, if I feel a certain way, if I notice I'm feeling down, trying to work out like what triggered that feeling, identifying it and then trying to eliminate that as much as possible being around good natured people positive people who aren't focused on vanity who aren't focused on just material things and all that kind of stuff being around people who make you laugh and uplift you and champion championing and champion you and also I think one of the things which has been helpful in the past and I haven't used it as much this time but I will get back to it is focusing on other people and and saying you know it's not about me it's not about me and in some of my efforts to helping other people that can be very helpful and also practicing gratitude is well um and there's a there's a an exercise my mum gave me a while back which has been very key in changing my perspective um whenever i'm feeling really really down so if i'm ever feeling really really lonely um there is an exercise one called count your blessings and you're li- you're literally stating i have a roof over my head i have money in the bank i have people who love me i have friends I, and and when you it's, it's very difficult to stay sad when you have gone through all of those things. Um, it feels a bit of a tedious exercise, but it can it can definitely uplift your spirit if you're not feeling if you're not feeling great. So those are some of the things I do to kind of deal with. Uh, feeling lonely watching funny funny programs and stuff and you know getting out and creating like fresh air like eating right exercising all that kind of stuff that people always tell you but they do actually work so yeah that's that's, that's yes, pretty that's much awesome. what we do deal with loneliness.
1: when you talked about um gratitude or counting your blessings it reminded me of like this sunday school song we used to sing when i was like really yeah. little it was like count your blessings name them one by one and it was like a, a song we used to sing all the time yeah.
2: Yeah, and we don't we don't do it. We just we just kind of it's one of those kind of like buzz phrases that, you know, like, oh, you yeah, count your blessings. Right. But we don't actually physically like, break them down. Do it. Um, That's so good. Oh, yeah. And just one thing I just want to I, I remember, like we've got to like I, I think some people may not give the power of words that great of an importance. But there was an experiment done where they took three plants and they would say um, negative things like someone would actually literally talk to these plants. Right. They would say negative things to one plant, they would say nothing to the middle plant, and they would say positive things to the third plant. And the third plant grew significantly more so. And the the one that they said negative things to would die. I have no idea what the science is behind that, but anyone can Google that. And it's just if ever you're doubting the negativity and energy that people have and emanate, please Google that and just it just take stock and just think, am I around people who, you know, just say toxic things and just say mean things a lot of time? Is that mm-hmm. draining my energy? I'm sure we all have a couple of friends or you know, at least one friend who after you leave them, you just feel a little bit more drained, you just feel a little mm-hmm. bit more tired from everything that's been going on. But there's some friends who you're around and after leaving them, you're like, oh man I feel I feel inspired I feel good I feel like I can go around like me and Gareth have that kind of relationship when we're around each other we're like yo we can go and we can go conquer the world like and I think everyone needs to like kind of um remember that the length of a friendship doesn't equate to the strength of a friendship Mm, I love that. that no
1: I love that and um one thing I always refer back to that someone once told me was in the whole world there's two languages that we speak either faith or fear so are people speaking fear into your life, or are people speaking faith into your life? So those faith-filled people will be the ones mm-hmm. encouraging you, speaking life into you. And then you have those people, like you know, for example, I have friends that um, I run quite a bit, and I've been running all winter, and it's helped me keep sane during this pandemic. And as soon as I speak about it, they'll be like well you're gonna get sick or how can you do that you shouldn't be doing that and it's like are you speaking faith into people and encouraging them to do like great things in their life or are you speaking this fear and saying like well why would you do that you know or have that that. mentality yeah
2: so I, I, i love that that's similar to something that um my mom taught me which is when someone Say something to you. Are they saying it for your benefit or for their benefit? Quickly work out the two, and then it'll put you in a good space. But your one, I really like that about. Are they speaking? Because I think even people who love you, um, just because of their past experiences, sometimes they will speak kind of fear into into your life because they don't want you to get hurt and stuff. But the faith, I, I, that's thank you. I I, I appreciate that. I'm going to take that that lesson yeah
1: no i love it something i've always like went back to when i'm like getting something from people is this person speaking faith into me or are they speaking fear because i live in a place of faith and so i don't care if you live in a place of fear but i choose to live in faith so i need to surround myself with people who are also living in that place of faith to really encourage me and build my faith up as well
2: mm, all right we have, that. Yeah. we have yeah we have two more
1: questions two more questions sure. do you have an envisioned timeline of when you want to meet your spouse
2: (laughs) um i don't have a specific envision timeline what i do what i do know i was saying this to a friend of mine the other day is like when i meet the one i know i'm going to say to them where have you been i've been waiting for you for so (laughs) long <laughs> we have got some catching up to do like I, I i've been waiting for you for i i genuinely feel like when i meet the person i'm going to say to them like i have been waiting for you for so long i'm so glad you're here now let's not waste any time and
1: i love yeah, that I, I, yeah that's yeah. great okay last question what advice would you give to people who are walking out their own single journey i,
2: I think honesty is a key and, and it goes back to i guess what i was saying before um the quote from Oprah, which is rather than saying, Why is this happening to me? Work out what is God trying to teach me. And I think more often than not, because we're constantly improving ourselves, or we should, mm-hmm. I think we should seek to. I think there's an aspect whereby if the person you haven't, if the person you, you, you're you meant to meet hasn't appeared in your life yet, maybe there's something that you, you can still be working on in that meantime. Because I, I think, you know, um, to quote Lil Kim, I can do bad by my damn self right so um you don't want to jump into a relationship and then you know it it failed because there's certain things which you could have been working on so i would just encourage people to like learn to be your own best friend and that confidence that comes from you being your own best friend as well i think that in of itself is um very and a very attractive quality so yeah learn to love self be be whole in oneself and anything you're looking for comes from within anyway i mean if not if not from within oh, well from within but you know just having those conversations with god you know have, being being the best person that you can be so that you attract the right mate is mm-hmm. i think is super key yeah, yeah.
1: That's awesome. I love that. I always tell people, become the best version of yourself. Become the person that f- your future person is looking for, you know? Yeah, yeah. And hope that they're be doing the, the same, right? right?
2: In the world. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, I think it's be the change that you wanna see in the world and then you're gonna, you're gonna attract the right person, yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast.
0: It was so lovely chatting with you.
2: Thank you for having me, I appreciate you.
0: Thanks so much for tuning into our show. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and maybe even share it with your friends. If you are single and looking, feel free to check out our website at missapples.ca to find out how you can work with us and get better results in your own dating life. See you back here next Monday for another episode of an apple a day. And in the meantime, feel free to check us out on Instagram or slide into our DMs at missapplesmatchmaking. See you next Monday.